Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. One, two, three. By now, the term AI or artificial intelligence has become a term you hear in almost every context. And whether you see AI as a force for good or evil, it's clear it will impact almost every vocation, every aspect of our lives, including music. In today's episode, we dip our pinky toe into this vast discussion to reveal some fascinating examples. Welcome to the age-old question. I'm Rich Price. And I'm Clint Bierman. Each episode deals with another question in music fandom. The kind of questions that Clint and I have been debating since we were in college. So today, with the help of some smart people, we're going to come up with the answer. Okay, Clint, what's today's question? Today's question is, how is artificial intelligence changing music? That's the age-old question. Clint, you and I have both been sharing YouTubes back and forth that have blown our minds. They're by a guy named Dustin Ballard. It's a YouTube channel called There I Ruined It. And Ballard uses artificial intelligence to create cover versions of songs that feature AI-generated lead vocals. It's possible that that sentence I just said sounds like I was speaking a foreign language. But let me give an example. We've celebrated Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back on this podcast before, maybe even a few times. A reminder of what that song sounds like. Here we go. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. Now when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Now, Dustin Ballard from There I Ruined It used artificial intelligence to create a version where Elvis is singing this song as if it was one of his hits. Oh, I like big butts and I cannot lie. You are the brothers I can't deny it. That when a girl walks in with an itty bitty weight stand around painting in your face, you get sprung. Oh, you get sprung. Ballard uses an artificial intelligence model called Sovitz SVC to transform his own vocals into those of other artists. He takes hours and hours of samples of clean audio references of the original vocalist, in this case, Elvis. And then the program replaces his recorded vocals with the sound of the sampled artist. We are in a brave new world. Sovitz SVC breaks the sampled vocal into parts that trains a neural network, which 
takes knowledge of the trained vocal and generates the converted voice output. To translate that a bit, the process still requires a lot of human inputs. In the case of Baby Got Back, Ballard took the instrumental track of Elvis's song Don't Be Cruel and he sang Baby Got Back lyrics to the tune of Don't Be Cruel. And then he fed his vocal into the machine. And after having fed large amounts of Elvis vocal samples, the trained neural network replaced Ballard's vocal output with the sound and quality of Elvis's voice. Oh, well, I take lots and I cannot lie. You are the brothers I can't deny that when a girl walks in with an itty bitty weight stand around painting in your face, you get sprung. I it we are this is like flying cars right now. A lot of what you just said was absolute gibberish to me. <laughs> that was that was incredible. How about his Johnny Cash singing Barbie Girl? Hello, I'm not Johnny Cash. <laughs> I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Life in plastic, it's fantastic. You can brush my hair, undress me everywhere. Oh, come on, Barbie, let's go party, because I'm in a Barbie world. Or the Beach Boys singing Johnny Cash's Hurt. I hurt myself today myself to today. see if I still feel I focus today. on the pain myself The today. only thing that's real myself And today. you can have it all Wait, Wait. I am Harv Turner I will let you down I will make you hurt How about Hank Williams singing Straight Outta Compton? <laughs> Straight out of Compton, crazy mother named Ice Cube. From the gang called Fellers with Attitudes. When I'm called off, I got a sold off. Squeeze the trigger and bodies are hold off. You too, boy, if you're with me. The police are gonna have to come and get me off your ass. That's how I'm going out. For the pump mother going out when I'm in your neighborhood. And here's Frank Sinatra singing ludicrous to the window to the wall until the sweat drops down my balls until all you bitches crawl oh skeet skeet goddamn isn't that incredible this is this is absolutely mind-blowing rich i don't even know it it's it seems impossible it seems like magic it's very well done. Like how is, so he's taking acapella vocals from Elvis. Hours and hours of Elvis's singing voice. Okay. So it's training the neural network to, to the sound yes. and quality of his voice. Just the way his voice does what it does. The, the, the yes. quality of the, the, and it's digitizing it. So it's turning it into ones and zeros, basically a rep, a, a reproducible version of it. Okay, okay, I got yes. that piece. It's not just Ballard that's doing this. Want to hear Kurt Cobain singing Living on a Prayer? Yes. Someone trained a neural network to take the sound quality of Kurt Cobain and replace Bon Jovi's sound with that of Kurt Cobain's. Here it is. Tell me it's a rubble, no 
But it gets better. Someone named Alan CEO created an AI model of Freddie Mercury's voice and created an AI generated version of him singing the Beatles song Yesterday. And it's absolutely beautiful. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. That looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday, suddenly. And here's the thing. What? We never had the opportunity for Freddie Mercury to sing Yesterday. But because of AI, now we can sort of, in a pretty convincing fashion, hear what it would have sounded like had Freddie Mercury sang yesterday. Why she had to go, I don't know she wouldn't say. Speaking of yesterday, another mad scientist on the internet created an AI-generated version using samples of John Lennon's voice. So it's eerie and poignant to hear John, quote unquote, singing Paul's song. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now I'm just How about someone named Alfie Beelzebub took Paul McCartney's sampled vocals, modeled it to sing Aha's Take On Me. So now we know what it sounds like, sort of, when Paul McCartney sings Take On Me by Aha. We're talking away I don't know what I'm to say I'll say it anyway Today's another day to find you Shining away I'll be coming for your So it's really endless. It's endless, and it's not just taking other artists' sampled vocals and creating these AI-generated versions of other people's songs. Some people are using AI to de-age vocals, to sound more like they used to sound when they were in their prime. Take McCartney, for example. You and Peter Day saw him at Fenway Park last summer, right? Yes. And it was an incredible concert, played three hours, the hits. He's still singing those songs in the original key. You have to acknowledge that as great as his vocal sounds for someone who's 80-something, there's no question that it's lost some of the magical quality that it once possessed, right? Yes. So they've taken his actual singing voice and de-aged the vocal. They've taken the quality of his voice from when he sang yesterday. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. That looks as though they're here to stay Oh, I believe in yesterday So here's a song from his 2018 release, Egypt Station. It's a song called I Don't Know. I got crows at my window Dogs at my door I don't think I can take anymore What am I 
though the song is lovely and I would give my right leg to sound like Paul McCartney sounds at 82. It's impossible to deny that his voice is not what it once was. So someone took his song, I don't know, de-aged it to what he sounded like when he was singing yesterday. I got crows at my window, dogs at my door. I don't think I can take it anymore. That's incredible. Isn't that amazing? That's absolutely incredible. That's using it for good. The other whole concept seems to just open up a giant can of legal worms. Like, let's right. say, so what happens when Freddie Mercury's version of Yesterday starts getting a million streams? All of right. a sudden, there's money generated there. Right. Who, who owns so, that? So, so, right, whoever owns the publishing uh, for that song... And then presumably Freddie Mercury's estate should, if it's based on the, the sampled vocal, right? Right. Should be getting something. But that's what I don't know. That's so interesting. Right. Oh, my Lord. This is too much. This is, again, this is flying cars. This is the Jetsons. This is like the future of the world. What? The online platform Complex polled music industry and tech industry experts on what they imagine artificial intelligence impact on music will be. Sherry Hu, founder of Water and Music, thinks creative AI will be the most disruptive technology for the music business since the Napster era of piracy. Mm -hmm. But her reason for thinking so echoes some conversations we've had before on the show about the role of technology in making music. She says, the concept at the core of why creative AI could be so disruptive is that the friction between having an idea and manifesting that idea in the form of creative work has essentially gone to zero. Right. That to me is really interesting. It's not just like having an idea to do something. You and I both know that a lot of it is actually the manifesting the doing. of the idea. The doing. Yeah. Anyone can have the idea what sherry who is saying is that actually creative ai is going to make the manifesting of the idea really simple and accessible to many 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 more people rob abelo founder of where music's going says generative ai is coming for music whether we like it or not he thinks the biggest impact will be in music libraries and production houses where so-called nine to five musicians making a living making music for these libraries will find it really hard to compete with AI generated music. So that is really interesting to me too, Clint. You and I have done actually a fair amount of this work ourselves where someone's like, hey, we want yeah. some background music or we want to license some music for, for this and it's got to be sort of piano driven and and like they describe it and an artist a composer in many cases you and i've been that person will go and we'll use our creative skills to compose perform record we're getting to the point where you can plug into a interface i want piano music that's contemplative mid-tempo in the key of b flat or whatever and an ai yeah can actually produce something like that and if you don't like it, you say, do it again. And it comes up with something new. 
and you do it again until you i mean it yeah right so what does that mean are we just are we just going to be obsolete is that is that what's going to happen could be that's re really fascinating fascinating i mean when we started talking about ai about this episode I, i'm a positive guy you're a positive guy i was like what are what are the what's the good that's going to directly benefit me as a musician right and i started looking at things that ai is going to do for the musician and i have a list one it's going to revolutionize production meaning like what we're talking about you can generate a song using emojis using lyrics specific lyrics using prompts like tempo and that kind of stuff and it'll generate a song for you and one company is called band lab and they started a, a program called song starter it's basically for people with writer's block and when you're stuck on something you can enter the information into this thing and it'll just give you a nudge in the right direction it'll give you a starting point and i kind of love that idea you know it's going to give you Hmm. the basis of a song where it's not going to write the song. It's going to give you a starting point. That's the first one. Yep. The other one that I really love, which you and I have talked about a bunch is Moises. The, the concept of generating stems from an already produced and already recorded song. Meaning if you take the song yesterday by the Beatles, you can isolate the tracks meaning you can have just Paul's vocal, you can have just the strings or just the acoustic guitar. And this is an extremely useful tool as a songwriter. So in that way, AI is, oh, it's such a, it's such a good, it's, it's for the good of humanity, I feel like, in that respect. That being said, this is going to open up an entire legal can of worms as well. Let's say I want to use the drum track from a song that already exists. And I can use the AI technology to break out the stems and use the drum track of, let's say, Wonderwall by Oasis. And I can take four measures or four beats, one measure of that, and loop it into an, a new beat, you know, make it a break beat, make it change the kick drum pattern slightly, but use the actual recorded version that Oasis recorded. Would anybody even know? How would you know as a listener? I don't think you'd be able to tell. So then who owns that piece of music? For me, the AI stuff is just all comes down to who owns that piece of music. Here's another amazing use of AI. At this point, we all know that lots of these pop stars don't write their own songs, right? A lot of these songs are written by songwriters in L.A., in Nashville, in New York, who get together and they do different combinations. So this guy's going to write with this guy today. So they'll go in, they'll have a three-hour session to write a song. And they might write two, two songs. They might write three songs. But once they have a great song, and let's say they want to write a great song for Ed Sheeran. So now they have Ed Sheeran song written. They got the lyrics, the melody, they got everything ready. They have the technology using what you described earlier to use Ed Sheeran's actual voice and put that on the demo so they can pitch Ed Sheeran the song using Ed Sheeran's vocals. Genius. That's for the good. I mean, it's just a quick way of showing what it might sound like as opposed to actually using that as the 
the final product. Lastly, here's another great use of AI for music, for mixing and mastering. At this point, they have technology that will take a two-track recording, a wave file, uh, an MP3 of a song, and you can just put it into a mastering software. And mastering is the last stage of making a record where a mastering engineer takes the song and evens out the EQ, evens out the volume, and makes it radio ready. And at this point, the technology is such that they can just put an AI program onto a song and master it in one click. Boom, mastered. And, you know, you might have to go tweak some things, but it's a real quick starting off jumping point. And for someone who can't afford a mastering engineer at $300 an hour, $500 an hour, this is a very, very money-friendly way to get things mastered. I even read recently about that there's mixing AI now so that you can add the stems of your song into the mixing software and it will give you a mix. And I think there's reference points that you can say, you know, I, I'd like a Harry Styles type mix or I'd like the band style mix. Incredible. Incredible. Where the drums are in front or the drums are behind or the vocals in front. You know, there's a lot of different styles of mixing, but you can then tell the AI what style of mixing you want and it'll generate instantaneously a mix of your songs and imagine that just becomes the norm i bet it will i bet it will too i still think you're gonna need to tweak from everything ai that i've heard it gets pretty close like it, at the hug your farmer event we were backstage we were like going into chat gbt being like let's write a bob dylan song about flooding in burlington vermont right i think that was the prompt we put and it came back. And honestly, there was probably 20% that was pretty useful. Maybe 30%. Totally. You know? But there's still going to be tweaking involved. But I think eventually AI is going to get there to where the tweaking becomes very minimal. We've talked about AI in the creation of music. But the impact of artificial intelligence in music extends to how we consume music, too. Spotify has introduced its new AI DJ, a DJ voiced by artificial intelligence, and it speaks to users in between songs to explain what the user is listening to. Huh. AI algorithms obviously can spot patterns and see trends in huge amounts of data. And that's not new to creating playlists of songs for you to listen to that the computer thinks you'll enjoy, but it's gotten even more nuanced and intelligent. Listen to this, Clint. Computer Science Review describes something called contextual music recommendation, which suggests music depending on the user's actual situation. For instance, emotional state or any other contextual conditions that might influence the user's perception of music. Put another way, let's say you listen to a Ray LaMontagne song at home while you're cooking one evening. The old-fashioned algorithm would build on the fact that you like Ray LaMontagne and offer you a playlist based on that genre and artists like Ray LaMontagne. Trouble, 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 bad dog in my school since the day I was born. 
the contextual music recommendation generative AI is way more intelligent, taking into so many more possible inputs. What time of day is it? Where are you? For example, if you're at the office, it might offer you music that's ideal for being in work mode. If it's late at night, it might recommend something for an emotional or physical state, like ambient sounds. Wow. So it's creating music for the right place, right time, and right mood. Wow. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. Can we go to the comments? Oh, yeah. Let's go to the comments. Let's go to the comments. We've got some great comments this week from... Our great friend, Jack Gauthier, says, Rich and Clint, I really enjoyed the pod about songs not in 4-4. You both did a terrific job explaining each tune in question. But how did you guys miss talking about Here Comes the Sun? Oh, man. Brilliant bridge influenced by George's fascination with Indian music. The song features 4-4 in the verse and a sequence of 11-8 and 4-4 and then 7-8 which can also be transcribed as 11-8 and 15-8 yes. in the bridge. Yeah. Raising interludes that Harrison drew from Indian music influences. He says, as always, love the podcast. Thanks, guys. That's a great one, Jack. Man, it is weird. It's, it's ho so hard to count that tune. I can't count that one. I just have to play it. You have to feel, you have it. To feel yeah. it. You can't. It's so weird. This is from Martin on Facebook. A little less classics, perhaps, but there's a ton of lovely not for for don't know what the heck it is, just love it, types of songs in Radiohead. Yes. One example is accent changes in a song called Pyramid Song, kind of like the Take 5 example. Let's listen. Okay. Thank you, Martin. That's great. Thanks, Martin. From Jay on Facebook. My favorite instructional song is Outfit by the Drive-By Truckers, written by Jason Isbell. Check out these instructions from a father to a son. Don't call what you're wearing an outfit. Don't ever say your car is broke. Don't worry about losing your accent. A Southern man tells better jokes. Have fun, but stay clear of the needle. Come home on your sister's Call birthday. home on your sister's birthday. Don't tell him you're bigger than Jesus. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. Okay, that's great. I love Jason Isbell. He's just unbelievable. This one is from our great buddy, Pete Nilsson. Nice. This is in response to our episode about the hug your farmer concert that we did he says beautiful episode gents finally heard it the event sounds like it was incredible 
and the deep dive on Dylan reminded me of my years in New York. When I went to New York, I was all bright eyes and wonder. I had musicianship, but I didn't have much to say. When Bob Dylan got started, he didn't have exceptional musicianship, but he had a lot to say. When it comes to the greats of all time, I think they start by having something to say, and the musicianship is a bonus. Those of us who study or practice music or performance, we love the musicianship, but that's neither as meaningful nor as durable in the end, I think, as the meaning behind what we write. The discussions of Dylan's writing reminded me of this. Great job, guys. No one says it better than Pete Nilsson. Man, he just nails it. Oh my God, Clint, there's a Mondegreen making the rounds on the internet. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> It's from the Taylor Swift song. The original lyrics are, I feel the lavender haze creeping up on me. Okay, let's listen to her version. Again, I feel the lavender haze creeping up on me. Now, the internet thinks it's, I feel 11 turkeys creeping <laughs> up on me. The internet is right. Let's listen. I feel 11 turkeys creeping up on me. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that is exactly oh, right. so good. Wow. Clint, can we go back to the AI-generated new songs? Yeah. Elvis died in the 1970s, but now we have a version of him singing Baby Got Back. John Lennon never sang Yesterday, but now I can almost and somewhat convincingly experience what that might be like. Here's a few other examples. Here's Michael Jackson singing The Weeknd's I Feel It Coming. Tell me what you really like. Ever wonder what Amy Winehouse would have sounded like if she had covered Miley Cyrus's song Flowers? Oh, nice. A song that came out 12 years after she died. I can buy myself flowers, bark my in sand, talk to myself for hours, say things you don't understand. And here's another Frank Sinatra one, Oasis's Wonderwall. Today's gonna be the day that they're gonna blow that to you. By now we should have somehow realized what you gotta do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Isn't that awesome? It's very convincing. Have you heard the song written entirely by ai in the style of the beatles so composed in their style as scientists understand that style to be i think it's worth checking that song out the older he gets if he gets serotonin will he realize who he was before he sits in the car you won't start in the rain 
The petrol light has been on for days Once said as always said He keeps everything in Soon there won't be room enough for him Another long walk home With the wrong girl he knows Shows no sign of letting her go And it was you who said We're just like everybody else And it was you who said I mean, it sounds like a Beatles song. Like it, it's definitely coming from that place. If that actually was a Beatles song, I would probably say it wasn't yes. a very interesting Beatles song. And it doesn't sound like the Beatles. But they, they've done a, a good enough job that like, I'm almost tricked. Right. So now there's that question of, let's say I have this program at my house and I, I could create new songs using prompts meaning I could generate a thousand songs in a day, right? Let's say I want to upload all 1,000 songs to Spotify. These are brand new original songs. Yes, they were written by my prompt. Somebody with zero musical talent can release AI-generated songs one after the other all day long for the rest of their lives. What is going to happen to the music industry once this deluge of all these songs is created? It's just, it's going to monkey up the whole business. I think we should call our entertainment lawyer and see what she thinks. What do you think? Let's do it. Okay. Rose Meadhart is our entertainment lawyer and she's just been in the industry a long time. She's met so many people. She's worked on so many different things. So she's going to have a really interesting context. Let's call her. Hello. Hey, Rose. Hey, man. How are you? You're on the age-old question. Rich is on here, too. We're talking about AI today. You have been in AI in music for at least two to three years we were talking about it. Tell us just basically how you got into AI and what you're up to these days. Yeah, I've been working on AI projects for a long time. Most of my work dovetails with emerging technology. So as soon as something cool starts to happen, we start to talk about how can we use that in different media? What is this tool and how can we use it? And I'm working on projects ranging from motion pictures and video to gaming to music um, and and other blockchain-based AI projects. On this episode, we just listened to all these songs created by people in the internet world who have taken the voice of somebody and put it over a cover song of someone else to create something that's never been heard, never been done before. Here's a question. Who owns who owns that song? Okay, so that's an interesting issue that's not yet settled in the U.S. So there's some case law that says uh, artificial intelligence can't be an author, therefore that work is not copyrightable. I don't think that that's good law. We don't have binding law yet in terms of something in the statutory law or the case law that really answers the question. But I would maintain that first case is is incorrect because the machine doesn't do it by itself. You have to give it prompts. There's creativity that goes into the process of creating these new projects. Then the secondary issue is what about the source material? How do we honor the source material? It has the machine just learned the style of Jimi Hendrix or are they really using a, pers- a specific person's voice that's being recreated? Right. So we have layers 
layers of issues, right? Like name and likeness, which the sound of your voice would be your likeness, uh, the copyright in the underlying composition, and then who's going to own the copyright in the new composition and the new, that's the challenge, right? Which is we don't have a new business model yet to address this. It's, it's possible, and we've been talking about it in the scripted space in television and motion pictures, if you if the person who has the source material gets anything out of that equation and is there a way to honor that person's contribution i would say largely no because i would say the analogy is these are ideas we can all take an idea and make our own expression of an idea um but the real the real root of it lays in what is how does the algorithm work and what material has the computer been allowed to ingest to learn to create the the large language model so I think those are two big issues. And really, for me, the answer is going to be transparency, right? I want the people who have certain tools, whether it's a, a generative AI tool or a music synthesizer, I want to have transparency where I can understand where they got the source material. Um, that's important to me as uh, protecting creators. But I don't think I don't think it's that strange, right? I wasn't old enough to think about the 70s and the 80s when synthesizers replace live musicians right i'm sure everyone freaked out um we one guy with a keyboard could play six instruments now on in a, in the studio and then people probably freaked out when we had music editing software like oh now you don't need a producer you can just do it yourself I, technology always brings disruption the computer can be programmed to be more randomized but it's still following a set of instructions and it i don't think we're anywhere near the point where it goes out and it and it has some weird inspiration like you might have, like, oh, the color of the yellow trees in fall are making me think of whatever, and then that comes out as music. Right. Um, I don't know how you guys make that magic. I don't write music. But I, I do think it's an interaction between you and the environment that sparks something within you and something new is created. Yes. And I think that's super interesting. But also, it reminded me when I recently saw Living Color, to an amazing band that is still amazing today i saw them live and there, there's never going to be a replacement for that sort of live feeling between you and the musician and the crowd and the vibrations like there's nothing like a live music experience so part of me is hopeful that the more cool recorded music tools we have the more we'll be driven back to and have a thirst for live performance. That is very optimistic, and I love that. Rose, thank you for joining this conversation. Yeah, thank and I you, think Rose. what my takeaway from what you said today is that it's still very much the Wild West, and we're just at the, the cusp of figuring out what the implications are and what the solutions are. That's a view from 50,000 feet over here. That's awesome. That's awesome, Rose. Thank you. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> I love it. So great. Thank you, Rose. Thanks, Rose. Thanks, guys. Say hi to Gino. I will do. Okay. Bye. I'm so glad to get that perspective from, from Rose. I know. She's so smart. I think it's been a really interesting introduction to some of the things that are swirling around music with AI. And I guess the question that I would ask you, Clint, is what does your gut tell you? Is there more good or is there more evil at play here with artificial intelligence and music? I am the ever optimist. And I think what it's going to do is it's going to create an entirely new field of music. Right. I think it's going to become its own lane. And I think that's okay. Right. Listen, I, I was talking to Pete Nilsson, speaking of Pete Nilsson the other day, and we were talking about 
AI in schools because Pete Nielsen is a an educator. He's a, a school leader. He's a just one of the smartest people ever. And he's been really looking at how is artificial intelligence going to change education in this country. And he said, there's no way around it. You know, kids are going to use AI when writing papers. They're going to use AI when writing reports. They're going to do math. They're going to, you know, there's no way to stop it at this point. So what we need to do as a society is figure out a way to harness the power. And his thought on education, at least, was instead of writing the five paragraph paper, which we all did in eighth grade, right? That was the thing. You write the five paragraph paper. Instead of actually writing the paper, the real skill is going to be in the prompt of writing the paper. The real skill is going to be to use thinking and the brain power to come up with the prompt. Rewarding the quality of the queries that go into a chat GPT versus the quality of, a, of an answer to a question is really fascinating. And, and I, yeah. I'm going to reflect on that further. I think that's a, that's a brilliant perspective. Well, Clint, I suggest that we get feedback from our audience. What are other aspects of AI that we could explore? And I suspect that we will continue to come back to this theme because it's, it's a very rapidly changing space. And it's kind of exciting yeah. to be at this point in it. it. Yes, it's a little scary because it's so new, but I also feel lucky to have this, to be alive at this time. You know, I, I'm going to get to use this technology. Hopefully I'm not too old to understand it. I think we did it, man. I think we definitely, we definitely. I think for breaking the seal on this conversation, I think we definitely did it. I think we did it. We hope you had fun, as much fun as we did. And we hope you'll join us next time when we answer another age old question. Follow us on Instagram at The Age Old Question. Facebook, The Age Old Question. We hope this conversation has sparked some ideas and thoughts of your own. Let us know in the comments. But let's be kind, people. Yeah. No hating. No hating. Also, if you're digging the podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash theageoldquestion and consider becoming a part of our Age Old Question family. With your support, we'll be able to answer many more age-old questions. Thanks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.